Well, it's time for the tactics meeting. Here on the program, we talk to subject matter experts about response, tactics, and technology. And today, I'm really excited to welcome Erica Lambert from the response group to the program. She's a communications expert and works with their uh, Jetty uh, website application. Erica, welcome to the program. Well, thank you for having me, Dan. I'm excited to be here. It was great to see you at Clean Pacific. We uh, uh, connected up and scheduled to do this podcast. Uh, can you tell me a little bit today about what your role is at, at TRG and the kinds of communication support that you're providing to your clients? Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, it was great seeing you there um, in the Seattle area for Clean Pacific. It was a great conference. And well, I work for the response group. We're an emergency management support company, and uh, we support clients globally, and we're an all-hazards organization. So uh, even though many people know us from oil spill response support, we actually support any kind of hazard that may be out there. So that could be anything from um, active shooter to weather events, anything that would uh, need support for for emergency response. And so my particular job for the company is crisis communications. And so I'm part of their communications team. And I also support a product that many people have heard about called Jetty. It's a communication solution primarily that's used during emergency response. So we can get the information out to, to stakeholders, public media, whoever about what's going on. So that's, that's my role at TRG. Being able to manage that uh, social media stream and put that information out is super important. And I know that a lot of the drills and exercises that I've been doing lately have all used uh, Jetty websites for that su support. That's a great product. How did you come to be in oil spill response? It's not how the career people start off to get into. You know, that's that's so true because it's such it's like a niche job or career right and yeah, sort of organically get into it and I, I really love the work that I'm doing so for me personally my background is is communications I've been a communicator for years and actually started off in radio and television and uh, spent time working for small news affiliates and radio stations and then I ended up landed a job with the space program and I worked at NASA. So yes. And I went at, at, in at NASA uh, when I first started, and this was way back in like mid nineties, um, aging myself a little bit, but I started out as a live television specialist for NASA. And that was back during the shuttle program when we were actually showing mission control live and showing what was going on with the shuttle program. Um, so really and truly Johnson Space Center is where I was located. And so we look at human spaceflight. So NASA's everything, you know, we look at planetary systems of human spaceflight was really our focus. And so I was really lucky. I had an opportunity to work with astronauts, putting video together that would support different missions. And then I had an opportunity to work with the education program, teaching students around the world about the space program and keeping them excited about that. And then also working specifically for some of the engineering areas like crew and thermal systems that work specifically on spacesuit design. So I had an amazing career at NASA, all communications, but just different areas of communications. I landed the job in crisis communications because I ended up doing volunteer work for an a NGO 
that was an emergency management company called Help Disaster Management. And at the time, I was like, huh, what is this whole thing about public information officer? What is that? So I ended up getting my credentials for public information and learning more about crisis communication and actually going out boots on the ground for natural disasters like uh, the tornadoes in Alabama, flooding near the border of Mexico, all those types of things. I had an opportunity while working at NASA parallel. Wow, that's cool time. that you were able to do that. Yeah, paralleled all of that at the same time, did a lot of great work, and then just organically ended up in consulting. And so for crisis communications, and that's how I ended up just getting into other types of all hazard responses and oil spill response being one of them. You say you got qualified as a PIO. What are the qualifications? What do you oh, have to wow. do to be a PIO? So there's there's a lot of things there. I'm not going to go necessarily down the list, but um, there's different qualifications. I'm here in Texas, by the way. Um, I'm based out of Houston, Texas. And uh, at the time, I started getting what's called my qualifications. At the time, it was called Texas Forest Service, but now it's Texas A&M Forest Service. And they allowed you to get different credentials, whether it was for PIO or some of these other areas of emergency response. Part of it is taking classes to learn more about what it is that you're doing and the background for that. The other is actual getting response time. Okay, learning what it is in the field that you're supposed to do and all of that adds up to it. But mainly um, the basic qualifications is to be able to take the different courses that would allow others supporting the response to know that you are qualified or are knowledgeable of the role and responsibilities that you have. So that's kind that of the re- easy way of putting it. <laughs> right. So a combination of formal education and uh, field experience that gets added up to produce a, a credentialed certificate. Absolutely. If you walk around in the emergency management community, you'll hear a lot of times people will say my task books, my task books. And and basically what it is, is it started up where you have a particular position that you want to get qualified for, you know, whether that's a planning section chief or that it's a public information officer, a liaison officer, and then you have all of these checkpoints that you need to meet. So not only, like you say, the curriculum and courses, but also just the real experience. And you have different people that are in a leadership positions, for example, if you're part of a response that would sign off that, yes, uh, you went in and you did this particular task that would meet the requirements for that role. And then over time, once you get all of this behind you, then you become qualified and for, uh, to support in that role holistically. So, uh, TRG actually has a, a task book program for clients, don't they? I, th- I think I heard that somewhere. Yeah, well, the response group, it's, it's, it's amazing. Not only we have a lot of training that we do, so incident command system and training, position-specific training. We also, not only are we emergency management support, but we also develop software to support in those different areas and just make 
emergency management life easier. And so one of the products that we have is, is called PQS Responder. And that is an app that we came up with that is just making the life of someone that has to track their team members' qualifications so much easier. It, it can go in you can put, you know, team member information, their certificates, dates completed, all these other qualifications. And you have it all in this one system. Um, you know, as we get increasingly uh, different states get more requirements for emergency responders. It is important to have all this information at your fingertips. Yeah, it is, Wa yeah. Washington State's got their spill management team rules. California's went into effect this year. Absolutely. I, I expect Oregon will follow Washington somewhere along the line, as they almost always do. Yes. Um, I haven't heard anything out of Alaska. Do you hear anything out of Alaska? Uh, not yet, but I would imagine they're they're going to be following suit soon. I have not heard. Um, it's interesting though because it, they are very different, and your company, depending on where your assets are, or where you're responding, you need to be really in tune with you know what those different uh, requirements are. And the response group helps uh, with that. Our many clients, we help them with plans and making sure their teams align with what's needed wherever their assets are located and where they might have to have uh, response personnel. So you're, I find you primarily in the JIC, correct? Oh uh, yeah, that's where I live and breathe. Yeah, and, and uh, speaking of software, your Jetty software supports the activities for communications out of out of the JIC. Yes. What are the capabilities of Jetty? What can I rely on it to do for me? You know, I I could actually take up this entire podcast talking about Jetty just because I actually love the product. And so what we offer is a it's actually a website for an incident. So if an incident happens, you can immediately launch this incident specific website and know that that particular client is the credible source or entity is a credible source of information, but it's more than just a website. Because nowadays, you know, Dan, you and I could pop up a website today for anything. If we want to create a blog or, you know, oh, I know. something like I know. that. I have, I have like four websites. <laughs> I use Squarespace for it. It's, yeah, it's pretty exactly. easy. Yeah. I mean, that would be it. But I got to say that this is where, this is the good stuff where Jetty is different and why we have just such a great following and, and a great client base is because we have the opportunity to really track stakeholder engagement, um, the ability for two-way communication where, you know, people that are part wanting to find out more about the incident can come and ask questions via the website, or they can uh, write into an associated email with that same site. Uh, we are able to track what is shared with them. So literally, if I respond to a question, it'll say, Erica Lambert, responded at this time and this is what she said so you know unfortunately when we're in these situations the responsible party could have litigation for months years down the line right. and this could be crucial information about who said something on behalf of this response and so tracking and being that granular with all that information and also the great work that's being produced, all the messaging all contained in there. Jetty has the ability to also move outside of our regular communication avenues like Outlook and where you can email from within the system. So even your email correspondence about the response can all be from Jetty. Okay. Well, how yeah. about social media? How does it deal with uh, 
sites like Twitter or Facebook or Reddit or right. TikTok or well, I don't know what the flavor du jour <laughs> is, but right. So, um, you know, social media, that's one of the things you're trying to get out in front of. And there's always these workflows as a crisis communicator that we do even prior to potentially a jetty site being popped up that we just get ourselves out there. But a couple of things. So jetty has a, a feature that allows us to immediately post to a multitude of platforms. And that's globally because, you know, around the world, there's different social media platforms that are possible. We can time those out, but we also have the ability to media monitor. Um, so within the system, if a client chooses to, so there's different things that Jetty can do. It just depends on what the client would like to use, but we have that capability. You know, when you think about what is media monitoring, it just basically is you, the ears and eyes on the buzz of what's being said out there, right? Same thing as social media, you know, what are people saying? Or in the media monitoring would be like, what would, is being said on social media or even major regular news, we call it daily news, you know, whether that's, you know, networks or actual tangible websites or newspapers, there's still some paper newspapers out there, right? There are. Uh, I don't get any so, of them. But <laughs> so, I, yeah. I just, do get uh, the electronic version of some, like the Seattle Times, it's sort of. Uh, right. So simple keyword it. searches can pull up, you know, what what is the buzz, what's being said, and you can pull reports on that. And many times it's it's really good to hear what's going on a lot of, for communicators and for me as a responder, if I'm working in this JIC, this Joint Information Center, it allows me to think about what messaging needs to happen next. What is the buzz out there? What are what is the rumors that we may need to right size and really give people the correct information about what's going on? You know, so, I think that that's what people want, right? No, I think it is. And, and you know, messaging moves so fast. Uh, you know, people are always looking for the, the next update 30 seconds later. And if you're not providing it, then someone else will. And we all know that a lot of what's out there is not factual. And we have to get out ahead of that. What about accounts? I mean, if I'm posting what account am i posting from does the responsible party have to get jetty logged into their twitter account their facebook account how is what is the under the hood of how that goes out oh wow so that that definitely is the decision that's left up to the responsible party it's a you know it's interesting because we can come to the table as as consultants and provide best practices. But if something happens with a large company, they're going to have day-to-day -day operations globally that continue to happen. And so what you want to do is you want to make sure there you have a separation between discussions and things that are happening, that you're doing community outreach and all that that's still ongoing while you have this other situation that's happening. So it just it, it really just depends. Um, many times what you can do is create hashtags that are incident specific. And because I promise you, unfortunately, there are gonna be hashtags that are not so friendly that are gonna be created out there that people want to trend. But you know, a, a good popular and really easy thing to do is create a, a positive hashtag that may be the name of the response. And as you're pushing your social media out there, um, that would be one way to get your information out is just making sure that those, those positive hashtags are attached to it. But if, 
so if I if I have a subscription or account or whatever the correct word is mm -hmm. to use Jetty, do I do I set it up ahead of time with my uh, social media accounts or because we want to keep it separate from day-to-day -day operations, I mean, ultimately, it's going to be a unified command that's speaking for the response and not for the company. They're, the company's crisis management team will talk about, will speak for the company. Yeah, right? absolutely. But we want to speak. So do we, do we go out and create new accounts on the day of the response and try to shift over? Do I go and I, you know, register for, you know, XYZ response at twitter.com or what, how does that work oh wow i've seen it i have seen it before i've seen it done a couple of ways dan and i think that there's pros and cons for each i've seen it where they are but then the, the goal is is that eventually there will be no need to actually correspond and who will be the people corresponding from those sites once the event is over right right there won't be anyone to manage those particular accounts however i've seen them created Another thing, when you talk about unified command for those that come in, typically, yes. So Jetty can be launched at any time while it's still just a response. We don't know how big it's going to get, and maybe it's just for the responsible party. But if it does get bigger, we can transition that to a unified command look. And then, you know, for me, because you have all of these organizations that are typically federal and state that have all these followers, I think um, a lot of times the best way to do this is potentially you can just use the hashtags and push information out via those channels where you already have all these followers and those organizations are part of this unified command and information is getting out that way. Okay, so then, then since it's being pushed out onto agency and other um, uh, trustee accounts, is it does it even, does the account it's actually going out from, is it really even visible? Well, I mean, that's the way you would make it visible. Because think about it. If you create all these new accounts, there's nothing that, the, no one's ever followed those. Right. Yeah, they've only followed the major accounts, like if your organization's daily account and things like that, that no one's ever followed the other ones. Well, I'm not good at this. I'm an OWG, old white guy. <laughs> And that's and old so, white and you guys. Gotta, you got you to remember, this is only part of the communication process. It's a big part, social media is. But I just want to make it clear coming on that Jetty is so much more than that. I, I, I definitely, I think people get confused. They think that this is like the the solution for social media. Uh, we have, um, it's actually a solution for communications. And so we start off with this platform that is a website. The part of it can be for us to push information out to social media platforms or to media monitor, but we don't want that. We don't want to be described as your solution for social media. So I just, I want to make sure I clarify Fair that. Enough. You don't want yeah. to be pigeonholed into that. I, we, we don't want to be pigeonholed because there's so much more that we want to establish um, there. Yeah, for sure. So when it gets launched for a specific event do you go out and buy a new url to direct to that website what's the url that gets initially used you know that's that's really good so when we work with clients what we typically like to do is because again 
you just don't know at what level or how quickly an event is going to expand, if it's even going to get to unified command. We've worked with clients where it ended up being only a claims event right, or evacuation. So it stayed within just that company managing the incident. And so uh, we just suggest them purchasing several domains that they could use, depending on how large their company is, that they have this this basket of domains that they could pull from, whether it be acmeresponse.com or acme to respond, whatever. So what will happen after that though, Dan, is, and you've seen this before, mm -hmm. is that if it does transition to a unified command situation, we will go and we will say, we've got this site all ready to go. All we need to do is just strip it of the branding, make it a unified command look, and just we recommend purchasing this, this domain that reflects somewhat close to the name of this response. And there, that's a whole nother conversation, but um, something that the public would identify with. And so we would go and purchase that domain that takes really just minutes and we would redirect that to that domain. Okay, and you'll do that for the client. Yes. I don't have to. I don't our have to go to. That. I don't no, have to go to GoDaddy or Hover. I don't have to no. go hunt for a URL. No. I don't. I don't have to redirect it. Right. No, the Jetty. The Jetty. Our team serves as the administrators for that, and we handle all that for you, and and make sure that all of those things are in place, and that uh, it replicates to all the servers. And so we take care of that for you. And another thing too that I want to mention, I think that. You know, you talked about, hey, Erica, how'd you get into this? I, One of the things I can tell you is just personally and everyone that I've worked with has a heart to serve. At some point in our careers, we've all actually been boots on the ground somewhere. And it just it comes from us wanting to help others or help a situation get back to normalcy or help people. And even though a lot of times now in our careers, we're behind the scenes managing the situation, it comes out of like this heart to serve. And so... You know, when I, I think about, um, you know, Jetty and Jetty being used, it it's just, it's one of those things where we're helping people find out the information that they need, the correct information. Because a lot of times that's the scariest thing is when you don't know what's going on. And so for me, I, I think that um, the members of our organization, that's what we're trying to do is just make it easier for the responders so they can get the information out and get things back to uh, where people feel normal again. When we start talking about URLs, and this came up in the communications workshop that we conducted in Portland, Oregon at the Clean Rivers facility a, a couple of months ago. It, one, of the, one of the big issues in the early part of a response is, is naming the incident. Mm -hmm. And now you have to think about what the name of the incident is gonna be because I want to purchase a URL that makes sense as well. Do I get some component of the incident name? Is it something completely different? And it really made me think about trying to add some brevity to these incident names. And we, we start naming them things like, um, you know, tank vessel XYZ diesel spill incident 2023. Well, that's a horrible URL, right? It is. So do you give people advice in regards to incident names or, or uh, URL length or anything like that? Yeah, I do. And I got to tell you, 
I'll give this advice, Dan, but with this caveat that it just depends on who your folks are in leadership and unified command or incident commander, or, you know, maybe what time of day it is. I don't know, but this is my suggestion. If they do come up and you just don't have control over it at that moment. Um, but if there is some kind of long, ridiculous name, I'm going to say ridiculous because it's a public, if I'm putting myself in the public perspective, I, I don't know what that means. I, as the professional and as the ear of the response for the incident commander and unified command as the PIO, I would go and say, even though this is the name of the response for public information, this would be our suggestion. Or here are a couple of suggestions we have to purchase a URL that this would be known as the actual website domain for the response and get right. an approval on it. So All I right. think there's always room for pushback and for you know, consulting and suggestions and, and honestly, that role for PIO, that's why it sits in command so that you are the ears and eyes of public perception and what needs to happen there for the ICUC. And so that, that needs to happen. If somehow- Like the Gulf spill, yeah. you know, I don't yeah. actually remember what the official name was. I don't know that anybody does, but we call it Deepwater Horizon. And it, it it picked up a name. I think the actual name was MC two fifty two something something, right? Yeah. But if you make it too complicated or make it so that it doesn't have any meaning, people are going to call it something else. They're going to call it something else, and they're also going to potentially assume that you're purposely trying to make it difficult for them to find information. And so, you know, again, public perception. And a lot of times, you know, I, you know, I value the fact that, you know, our, our commanders and our leadership want our feedback because these may be things that they don't really have time to think about. They've got an operations to manage and planning to manage and, you know, public's perception is important to them, but just the little intricacies involved as far as like people thinking that, wow, how am I ever supposed to find this? I can't Google this. Um, right. You know, what what does this mean to me? So those are the types of things that I, I think are important for us to consider. Now, it's always good if we're able to get in there, sort of whisper in the air saying, hey, if you haven't come up with a name yet, let me just remind you that we're also trying to figure out something for a potential website. So sometimes you can get in there a little earlier and figure that out, but not always. It just depends. Well, that's why my PIO is my second call after I activate the OSRO. And I, yeah. I get her on, on the phone, on site, in a Zoom meeting, whatever, um, because I, I'm not the expert. Yeah. And it's, um, and I'm, you know, I'm excited though, because I'm seeing more and more of the like incident commanders or people that are um, in lead positions in the different sections, learning more about public information, at least to have their head wrapped around what it is that we're doing. And, and also to embrace the fact that it's really important and, and we wanna get good information out and this is, is what we're here for. And so I'm, I'm liking that I'm seeing more of that. And with my clients, I'm actually seeing some of their corporate the corporate folks that would stand in an IC when it's just a client event come into these meetings and learn more about what public information is doing and actually offering up how can I help or how can we collaborate so I can make sure that I'm doing things that make sense. And I'm, it's really good to be seeing some of that. That's great. Well, yeah. if you wanted to 
leave the audience with one last piece of information or advice, what would that be? Well, I, you know, this is something that we learn all the time, but I would say for anyone, and this is a couple of things, continue to learn. I'm always learning something new and things are always changing. So many of us learned a lot during the pandemic about how do we communicate with, you know, hybrid audiences or what does this mean? Or can we, you know, support a response with half of the team virtual? And the answer, of course, with Jetty would be sure. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, but, you know, one of the biggest takeaways too with all of this is just to um, make sure that the relationships that you need to have during a major response that you're already building before that. Okay. So especially for public information officers, for liaisons, start building that rapport. If I'm coming from an organization's perspective, whether it's private, you know, non-government, Build those relationships in, van in advance so that you have those same relationships when something happens that you can reach out to and that transparency just continues. And so, so if somebody wanted to talk to you about Jetty, wanted to become a subscriber or just was curious about more information about cost, do they talk to you? How, how do they, how do they yeah. get their questions answered? I'm one of several people that they can talk to, but they can also go to the responsegroupinc.com or they can go to jettyapp.com, either of those websites and find out the information that they need. Well, that's great. Erica Lamberth, I'm so glad you were able to take the time to come on and talk to us today. And I'm looking forward to seeing you at our next communications workshop. I am too. Thanks so much, Dan.